Dan Kirkendall is back in action with more hacking than ever. What's he hacking? Doesn't matter. New places. Somewhere on the stack where mobile and web play, where all the data waits. I'm Dan Kirkendall, and I'm going to show you what it takes to hack into nearly any place on the web. We've got to make it through a weak set of defenses in the sort of places you would think would have the right survival skills. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the podcast. This is Dan Kirkendall. I was formerly the host of the Man vs. Web App podcast from 2004 to 2007. Then I was one of the co-hosts of the Information Security Place podcast with uh, my buddies Jim Broom and Michael Farnham. I have since kind of stayed off of podcasting, largely because I've just been busy. But now I really want to return and kick things up with a real dedicated application security podcast that we're calling the Man vs. Web App Podcast. Uh, it'll be myself, and I'll do some introductions later, along with my buddy, uh, Scott Davis. Howdy. Who's joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for joining me and uh, getting this show going. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, it's, we're excited to have you. Scott's a member of the research team over at, at uh, Rapid7 on the application security research team as we build out uh, re, you know, Rapid7 into a real application security company. Thank you for having me. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and then I'll do introduction of myself. Okay. Um, uh, I don't have a long history in, in security, but I have a long history in kind of inquisitive research. Uh, kind of first in, in college, I was doing a lot of robotics, hobbyist, and, and also for kind of my thesis. Uh, went into a company doing kind of Bluetooth uh, proof of concepts back in the day where keyboards and serial port profiles were a big deal. And the early days of UWB, which was ultra wideband or 802.11.15.3 and 802.15.4, which is kind of what Zigbee rides off of and stuff that was kind of very low level. And I moved on to spying on birds or migration tracking in a place called eBed at Univers University of Amsterdam. And that was a bunch of Zigbee GPS backpack tracking on gulls and storks and stuff. And it was pretty fun. Uh, did some uh, visualization of stuff on the globe, which led me to kind of uh, follow a 3D projection mapping path or augmented reality, kind of wanting to project uh, all the computer stuff I thought I, I was knowing about the world and onto uh, different mu uh, music venues and festivals and presentations. And when all that kind of like subsided, I, I was kind of like, well, what, what is driving me? And uh, it was it was always the, the hardest and most challenging problems I could find. And, and, and web applications by that were much richer. Uh, uh, and then the early days of, of what were form-based kind of things, and it was much more interesting. Uh, I started doing consultancy and hacking and unhacking websites for people and got to the enterprise level at WebTrends and leading a security team. I, really got the feeling for the, the pain points of old APIs and new new APIs and frameworks and and just loved the challenge space of that. And that's where I've kind of arrived at Rapid7. And uh, 
have all sorts of uh, interesting spaces to evaluate and kind of uh, further and, and a wonderful crew and, and, and suite of products too. That's, that's me in a nutshell or, or so. Well, thanks again for, for joining me on the podcast and helping me get this going. Uh, as I said, it's been a long time. I was early in the podcasting industry doing a lot with podcasting, both in my own show, helping others get shows going, uh, helping people get podcasting up. You know, I worked with uh, the Apple team to actually uh, get podcasting into iTunes. So this is going way, way back. I think that was probably in 2006 or 2007. So I've been doing this for quite a while. So myself, again, quick introduction, Dan Kirkendall. I was... I. Did a whole bunch of IT stuff early on, uh, BBSs before that, playing games, getting myself into it. Eventually landed at Foundstone, was working on their FoundScan product. Then we left to spin up NT Objectives, or kind of re-spin up NT Objectives, to really focus on application security. And have been there since uh, 2002, until we sold the company. I started off as one of the developers, ended up being... Uh, one of the co-CEOs, you know, as one of the founders, things all move around like crazy. But uh, had the opportunity to run the company and enjoyed that for a long time. Back in May, we were acquired by Rapid7, or I had the company acquired by Rapid7 to be able to join everything that was going on there, and it's an exciting place. Foundstone, for those that don't know, back in the early 2000s, was an amazing place. It was a collection of some of the brightest minds in the industry, and generally you'll often hear of people that, you know, coming from back then, either came from Foundstone or at stake. And I was part of the group that came from Foundstone. And there's lots of, you know, lots of the Foundstone team has continued to do great things in the industry. And it was a collection of smart people. I'm really, as I joined Rapid7, that's been one of the things that's been exciting to work here is, is I see that. There's a great collection of brilliant minds all coming together, trying to solve big problems. So, it's kind of a lot of fun. One of the things that this is also allowing me to do is kind of get back to my roots and back into the technology more and not having to worry about payroll and all that stuff. Um, the senior director of application security uh, for Rapid7, so I cover all AppSec, but it really lets me to get back into focusing on the technology. I, I always did, I always stayed on the technology, but really all the other baggage is out of my way and I can really focus again and application security has changed. Of course, I've been on top of it on do you know practicing it day in and day out for you know really for the entirety of the last 15 years. But if we just step back a little bit and kind of think about where we were when I was doing the the Mighty Seek podcast ending in 2007 and where the web is now, right, nearly a decade later, it has changed dramatically and it's been amazing. We went from really Still back then, we still had pretty classic web applications. Certainly Ajax was coming along, uh, it was out there, but most applications were pretty basic. You, you know, there was an HTML page and you had various links, you know, some hrefs with some parameters, so you had get parameters. You had forms with form posts uh, that would show up in the post body. And that was most of it. That was the, you know, that was web app security at the time. It was really about crawling these web applications or discovering what was there, delivering attacks against a well-structured get and post parameters. That was the large, that was the majority of it. Ajax started coming along and we started having to deal with it, but 
it was still small. You know, the first one that I remember seeing was the uh, Google Suggest. You would start typing into the search field and it started recommending or anticipating what you might be trying to search for. That was amazing. Now we take that stuff for granted. Applications are very dynamic. Uh, we've gone, and Ajax being, you know, asynchronous JavaScript and XML was, was kind of revolutionary in that instead of clicking on something or submitting a form and then having the page reload, the browser would asynchronously make these calls behind the scenes with this XML HTT request object in, in JavaScript and go off and get data and then come back and manipulate the page itself that you were looking at. So this, this kind of was revolutionary and changed a lot. This has just continued to explode. And now we all, we've gone all the way to the point where we have these things that we call single page applications or SPAs, where you're largely at one page the entire time. It's much like a desktop application. They're one place and the screen just keeps getting manipulated uh, behind the scenes. So the web has changed. We've also, the whole application security space has grown outside of just traditional web applications or even these you know, mo more modern web applications with these SPAs. And now we have mobile applications that impact our space. Not necessarily because of the mobile app itself. Uh, most people, when they think about mobile, they're focused on the mobile device and the mobile app. And certainly they're in those things are interesting and they need to, they have security issues. Certainly some of those security issues have come to the forefront in this conversation with, you know, between the federal government and, and Apple. Uh, and I don't want to get too deep into the news, but this space has changed because instead of just focusing on the mobile apps themselves and the mobile device, what I, what's interesting is those mobile apps, by and large, are reaching out to a service. They're hitting the internet, they're getting information, sending information. You know, when you open up Twitter, it's going out to get your feed. It's making web service calls to do this. So there's web that backs up mobile apps. To me, those are much more interesting, right? If I can attack, uh, you know, the banking systems API and I can attack any customer of the bank, that's much more interesting than having to focus on the one guy and the one device in front of me. Uh, so web services have kind of expanded our view. We also have internet of things that are expanding our view, right? If you have these devices on your network, these internet of things enabled devices, they, they may be talking locally in the Zigbee and Z-Wave uh, mesh networks. And, you know, again, maybe that's, that's interesting. But what's also very interesting is that they're often powered by these web services. So somehow you have a way to configure them. And generally that's through a web app or a mobile app. Those web apps and mobile apps are often talking to web services. And so now all of a sudden IoT comes into the sphere of web security. We also have this cloud computing that's exploding. Cloud computing is largely a collection of RESTful interfaces that enable you to, you know, spin up servers, spin up uh, databases, websites, whatever. And you're using this to actually kind of control cloud computing resources. Those are all RESTful APIs, you know, web services. Again, brings it back into web the web security umbrella. So web security has just really exploded. It's become, I, I always knew it was going to be a big key thing. That's why in 2002, that's what I wanted to focus on uh, beyond just network security. 
but I could have never imagined how broad it's gotten. Uh, and I don't know, Scott, I mean, do you, is there other areas that I'm, I'm not thinking about at the moment here? But it just seems like it touches everything these days. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It almost it's like where to where to focus? Do you focus on the person and all the resources in which they they're attached to, or do you focus on the resources in which they're attached to all the people? And the this Internet of Things really brings together, like you said, the network and the application layer, and now the mobile and and the cloud based. It's all this Internet of things or internet or whatever it's called um is 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 a compounded complexity of all those things and it's a it's fascinating <laughs> i hadn't wouldn't have imagined it would have been where it is today and having and seen where it progressed to and i i'm certainly excited to be in this space it's also very very uh, alarming and challenging at, at the same time <laughs> well what we want to do on this show is start to make some of this approachable this show is not going to be your standard, you know, information security news podcast, right? There's plenty of those out there. They're highly useful, highly valuable. There's some great shows with great hosts and a lot of good friends that, that cover that stuff. There's plenty of other places to go for the latest news. Uh, I really want to focus our show more on evergreen content, quite frankly, uh, and, and in the media space, that means stuff that can be picked up and, and looked at any time, right? It's not uh, con it's not sensitive to the time. It, it can be, you know, released a month or a year later or listened to a month or a year later and it's still useful. That's kind of where we want to want to focus on. There may be some hot topics that we just can't hold ourselves back from touching on, but by and large, I want to make sure that we're going to dig into these issues and go deep. That doesn't mean that this is not approachable for the beginner, quite, quite the opposite. I want to make sure that as we go through things, that if we're going to use an acronym, if we're going to use IoT, we're going to stop and say this Internet of Things or IoT. We want to make sure we set things up. We want to start explaining what these things are. One of the things that's difficult for people coming into web security or application security is that they kind of are expected to know too much there's no way for them to have gained that knowledge. Where do they go to get it? Uh, there's books, there's classes, but that's, <clears throat> you know, we want to give the audience one more way to get this and, and it be approachable. So we want to make sure that we explain a little bit about what we're talking about, maybe a little bit of the history of this thing, and then dig into it. And we're going to get very hands-on. Uh, if you go back to the old show, the, the Mighty Seek podcast, there was a few episodes that I called the Hands-On Podcast, the Hands-On Series. And in those, I actually set up a an intentionally vulnerable application that was vulnerable in a couple ways. And then I walked through the show, actually walked you through the process of getting in there and manually attacking it, trying something wrong, seeing how that was wrong, trying you know to adjust it, getting it right. And... By the end of the episode, you understood how to do this SQL injection attack and, and enumerate the database or this cross-site scripting payload and you know steal the cookies or something from the user. I want to do the same thing in this show. I want to kind of really settle in on a topic and explain it step by step. So this is gonna so you know some of these episodes we're gonna want you to get your you know roll up your hands maybe maybe listen to it in the car on the way to work and then when you get there replay it, go to the application, 
you know, launch your attack proxy or burp or fiddler in many cases and, uh, and actually walk through the attack, walk through how this actually works so that you can see it for yourself. So this becomes more approachable for more than just the application security professional. There's too few of, a, of, too few of us, quite frankly, uh, that's not the audience that I'm really trying to focus in on. I do want it to be valuable for them. So if you are an AppSec professional and you are really interested in this space, I'm not just gonna make this surface layer and simple. There's gonna be some real challenging tasks, some real challenging concepts we wanna address. It's part of why I got Scott here. Uh, he's in the weeds with my dev team on really some, some very interesting problem sets and uh, we're going to be leveraging his knowledge and, and his depth as he's going into some of these research tasks and bringing some of that forward. Some of it obviously has to stay within the company, uh, but a lot of it actually we want to bring out to the forefront, right? As we get involved in, in various, con various topics and, and problems that, that we're running into. So both want to cover it for some of the people coming in and wanting to learn to go deeper. So we'll see how this all shakes out. You know, maybe we'll have to label certain episodes as, uh, you know, with levels, right? If we get a little too deep, uh, you know, it's like the maturity rating, right? Uh, so we, we may do something like that, but I, I'm not sure yet. We'll see how these things go. But I don't know, is there anything else that you're hoping to kind of provide in some of this, Scott? Some of your you know, your angle on how you like to approach this? Yeah, I feel like, uh, well, I like having a conversation about something much more often than, than reading. Um, that may be to my detriment at, at, at times. And then the actual, you know, just kind of talking in depth about something up to the point of, of communicating and understanding. And, 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 and quite frankly, uh, your experience and and your know-how is, 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 is wonderful to, to have discussions with you on these things. So... I think it would be of value for other people to hear. And when I may be asking the wrong question, that wrong question may be going somewhere and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'm really looking forward to some of the stuff we've been doing some research on, uh, what, what we do share now and, and, and then later. It's, uh, I feel very relevant for the application security space and um, overall security in general. So it's, a, it's fantastic. I, my first time doing recording, of course, but... Uh, I think that I can get better at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we tried doing an episode uh, two weeks ago, and I went back and listened to it, and, and Scott's uh, audio equipment was horrible, so I uh, had to get him a whole bunch of new equipment and get it set up. <laughs> and so uh, we're gonna, this is kind of actually a take two on this intro episode. Uh, I don't want to get too heavily into any one of the topics. I just wanted to touch on what we're gonna, what this show is about. Uh, hopefully you'll come back. The, the cadence that we're expecting is to do this every two weeks. So in part because we're busy and in part because we want to prep. We want to make sure that before we go into an episode on a topic that we've had time to prepare, if there's a test application that we want to spin up and have available to the audience, we want to get that ready. So the, the two-week cycle is largely to support that, to enable that. And, uh, and hopefully we'll stick with it. My travel schedule varies, so you know it, it can kind of get a little sketchy at times. But we're gonna really try to lock it in if we don't get it done, you know, that every 
uh, every other Friday, then we'll try to make up for it or do it a little early or something. But it's really the goal here is to, to start providing a regular content and, and kind of in-depth content. We've got a whole series of things we want to talk about. I mentioned them earlier, like kind of all of that I mentioned earlier about how application security has blown up and touches so many different areas. Well, I want to talk about each of those. I want to have episodes about each of those. So there will be some that will be on those broader concepts and then some on very specific you know, attacks or attack types and technologies. So it's going to be quite a mix. So we really hope to, you know, kind of build up the audience, build up the show. If you've got things that you're wondering about, right, we want, we want that input. Uh, reach out to me via MightySeek at gmail.com. If you email me about the podcast, give us your suggestions, right? We see this a lot. We may have question and answer time, or we may actually make your question a full episode or even a series of episodes, depending on how interesting the question is or, or maybe how interesting the answer is. <laughs> so not to put the pressure on you on the questions, but we definitely want to have that, that, an, that, that audience feedback. So if there's things that you hear a lot about, right? If you hear about IoT and you're like, what the hell does this mean? How does this apply to application security? Well, we want to talk about that. We want to break it down and explain the layers. You know, if you're looking at web application firewalls versus this, you know, RASP technology that you hear about, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the strengths and weaknesses of each. I'm gonna be fairly honest. I'm gonna be pretty direct about most of these things. I will say up front, and I'll try to repeat this on each of these episodes, I'll likely have to have this, but all technologies can help you get better. All these different technologies, by and large, I mean, there may be some that are just useless, but aside from the useless ones, most of them will help you get better. None of them solve everything. My scanner that I've been invested the last almost 14 years building, uh, the product we call AppSpider, I think is the best dynamic scanner on the market. Does that mean that it does everything better than every other scanner, every other DAST? Uh, you know, dynamic scanner? No, it does not. Some applications are going to be scanned better by a different scanner because of something that that scanner supports that we don't, uh, or or a model that they do that we don't. It doesn't mean DAST is better than static analysis. Doesn't mean it's better than IAST. Uh, I certainly don't think those are necessarily better either. They all play their part. So let's talk about that. Let's get into these things, uh, and we're going to have episodes actually talking about that. And I have, a, I've been putting together a list of episodes. So we want to get into these topics and not just lightly. We want to really talk about them and talk about strengths and weaknesses, talk about how these are going to help you do security better. And of course it always comes back to making developers write better code, but let's not fool ourselves. That's never going to be the solution. Uh, it is ultimately in the ideal world would be the solution, but it's too much to ask of these developers. They're focusing on features and security often comes second, third, fourth uh, to feature requests and, and things that they need. So we need to be pragmatic and, and optimistic and aggressive at trying to do security well, but it needs to be an honest conversation. So that's what we intend here. And, uh, and again, part of why I have Scott on here because he's new to the team. He's got a fresh perspective 
Uh, there's plenty of times I've had I've mentioned something to him, and he has come at it from an entirely different model. That's fascinating to me because I'm maybe a little too entrenched. I've been doing this for so long, so you know I try to keep my mind fresh and my and my thinking around these things fresh. But uh, there's nothing like a fresh a fresh voice and a fresh mind <laughs> uh, coming into the conversation. Cool. Yeah, this is uh, it's a fantastic place to be. And, and, and you mentioned earlier, um, you know, not just the acronyms of IAST and RAST. And, and it, it's the approach of like, hey, let's not cause a war of RAST is dead or, or, or static analysis is dead. It's these uh, honest deep dives onto how you use it, what would be a good time to use it and how that's going to impact your organization and its uh, SDLC or, or its uh, risk profile for the positive. And I think that approach is much better than trying to downplay um, some other product that may be competing or just products that uh, you aren't supporting. Uh, sounds like a, a nice, refreshing approach. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the hope here. And, and, and I actually broke my own rule. I, I used a bunch of acronyms without explaining what they are. DAST is Dynamic Application Security Tool or Testing. And that is kind of what a, a, a web scanner like AppSpider, WebInspect, AppScan... Uh, those tools, you know, and, and some of the others, you know, NetSparker, Acunetics, all these are, are DAST, Dynamic Application Security Tools, uh, according to Gartner. And SAST is Static Analysis Security Tools or Testing, and that's where you're actually looking at the source code and you're, uh, so it's not an up and running application that has to be tested, it is you're just looking straight at source and trying to figure things out there. And then there's IAST or uh, integrated, instrumented, uh, whatever you want the I to stand for on any given Sunday, uh, security testing tool. But by and large, the application's running and you're watching a running application. And there are tools that will use that to kind of bridge the conversation between the, the first two, the DAST and the SAST. And then there is some that actually do pure testing at that layer, watching activity that's happening while the application's running and looks for security issues in that kind of up and running application. An example of that would be like contrast security. So, oh, and examples of the static analysis, because I skipped that, would be like Fortify, uh, IBM, was it AppScan Source, uh, Coverity, Checkmarks. Those would be examples of static analysis tools. And then there's the spin of spin-off of IAST, the instrumented uh, application security testing, which we refer to as uh, RASP, which is the runtime application security protection. So it's actually sitting in the code and not just looking, for, it's not really looking for security issues, it's looking for attacks coming in and actually kind of being like a web application firewall, you another acronym, WAF. Um, it's like a WAF in the code. So it's watching the code, watching actual live activity happening in code, uh, which is a great place to be if you're testing that. Um, the ups and downs, and we'll talk about those in more detail later, but I'm just giving a broad run through here. So, but RASP is like an in-code web application firewall, if you will. So that's another category. And then of course, there's the web application firewalls, which are sitting out on the network, watching traffic. They're outside of the application and they're watching to look for attack traffic that they can profile as attack traffic. So all of these tools, uh, as well as some of the um, the other tools, uh, what is it, what's the company, I'm blanking on the name, 
um, start with a C, <laughs> but they have tools that actually, uh, basically like a spell checker, uh, you know, for check, check marks. Is that what you're talking No, about? it's, um, I'll think about it. Is it not contrast? Um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name, but they basically actually build tools for the developer. So it is actually kind of plug into your visual studio or clips environment and basically suggest, uh, when you're doing something wrong as you're developing. So it doesn't really do static analysis or anything. It's helping the developer build right, right, better code. So there's all these different tools that are out there. Uh, and that's not to mention the pen testing tools like, you know, uh, Metasploit and, and, um, uh, what's the big commercial, uh, competitor to Metasploit, uh, blanking on the name, but whatever. There's a, <clears throat> there's pen testing tools that are more geared toward network, but can it be applied to web. And then there's more web proxy or TAC tools, when web pen testing tools like Burp Suite, uh, Fiddler, uh, or if you want to go old school, you have like Web Scarab and, and others. So um, there's all these tools and all these ways of doing security and all these ways of addressing various problems, but everything has strengths and weaknesses. And it's really to get in and understand what each category is trying to accomplish. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do a single episode on each of these categories. Talk about the different vendors, talk about the what this is intending to do and what its strengths and weaknesses are, and, and trying to be real about those. Again, I am one of the participants, right? We build one of these tools. I partner with companies that build the other tools. And so I certainly have my my bias on who I think is maybe better in each category or whatever. And I think DAST, you know, I'm gonna naturally think DAST can solve a lot of things. Uh, because this is what I do day in and day out. But I do want to try to step back and be real. Right? Like Our scanner is not going to be the perfect solution for everybody and for every application. It just is not. Uh, I've, <laughs> it's, it's, it, we try to make sure it's the best at what it does. But uh, that said, it's, th there's always going to be problems. Application security is hard. It's ridiculously hard. I came from the network security background where scanners are really designed around building off of what people already have discovered, manual testing. You know, pen testers are out there finding things, they're fuzzing stuff, and they'll find a vuln on some service, right? So DNS, uh, this version of bind, there's a vulnerability against it. Well, now you know, if you have that version, or maybe they'll boundary check a little bit to see when that issue gets fixed, but from this version to that version of bind, it's vulnerable to this attack. Now we know that. And so all those security tools out there um, will create checks and say, okay, are you running you know, bind from this version to that version? If you are, you're vulnerable. They don't really have to fully exploit it. That's where a tool like Metasploit comes in. But they just have to figure that out and then they can tell you you're vulnerable. When you're dealing with application security, you're dealing with somebody's custom code. And like that human pen tester who found the vuln to begin with, you have to find a zero day. You're finding a vuln in, an, in a totally new application that nobody's ever reviewed before, you know, as far as you're concerned. And you have to find your own zero days with automation if you're using those tools. That's incredibly difficult. And anybody that says their one tool 
is the best possible way to do that is either delusional or lying. And, and there's not a lot of, you know, uh, gray area <laughs> or you just don't know. You may be delusional as you're ignorant, delusional or, <laughs> or lying, right? But you have to be one of those. All, or all of them. Yeah. Or, or all of them in the worst case. <laughs> so anyway, we want to have real conversations, get into some of these topics in depth. But I think this is long enough for an intro podcast. If these topics sound interesting to you, we look forward to getting the more episodes out, getting this stuff in your ears, in your mind, and, uh, and hopefully getting some of your feedback. So... Uh, for myself, I wish you all well, and talk to you soon. And for myself, talk to you all soon, too.